Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue today in Matthew chapter 12, moving on to verses 30 through 32. These verses continue Matthew's account of the healing of the demon-possessed man by Jesus and the accusations brought against him by the religious leaders. They claimed that he was only able to do these miracles because he himself was the prince of the devils. Jesus then explains to them that no organized society can stand when turned against itself. It is a suicide war. He goes on to say that his work is destroying Satan's kingdom, and to imply that he is in league with Satan is absurd. Now, here in today's verses, Jesus continues his remarks directed primarily toward the religious leaders. He warns them, that they are coming very close to committing the unpardonable sin. By charging Jesus with being in league with hell, they were displaying a hatred for the light that could lead them to salvation. Now, here are verses 30 through 32, and Matthew writes as follows. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you this. No sin, no slander, is beyond forgiveness for men, except slander spoken against the Spirit, and that will not be forgiven. Any man who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, for him there is no forgiveness, neither in this age or in the age to come. Mark amplifies this matter of the unpardonable sin by saying that it attributes the Spirit's work to Satan. When they said that Christ did these miracles in the power of Satan, they were rejecting the power of the Holy Spirit by which these miracles had been done. In our day, this particular sin cannot be committed because it could only be committed when Jesus was here on earth. 
There is no sin that you can commit for which there is no forgiveness. Of course, if you resist the Holy Spirit, there can be no forgiveness because he is the one who is bringing forgiveness. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Today I focus on words of Jesus that have often been misunderstood. And because they have been misunderstood, many people have been dangerously misled. Matthew in 12, 30-32 records Jesus saying this, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Jesus was warning the crowd and the Pharisees that in relation to him, there could be no neutrality. Sometimes it's possible to be neutral, perhaps even preferable. But when it comes to Jesus, as the songwriter put it, neutral, you can not be. The claims of Christ in the gospel are so exclusive and so pervasive and so far-reaching that one cannot be indifferent or apathetic about them. The demands of Jesus are so definitive and so all-encompassing that to attempt to be neutral about them is to be against them. Jesus told the crowd, You either side with the Pharisees or with me. I think what sickens God most is man's non-committal attempt at neutrality when it comes to a relationship with him on his terms. Elijah told his crowd to get off the fence and make a choice, one way or the other. Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me. While Jesus spoke to those around him, his warning echoes down time's corridors to our day. He who is not with me is against me. Make a choice. Then Jesus spoke about the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. To blaspheme means to strongly speak against. Now, I need to repeat his words. Jesus said, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or the age to come. Before speaking about these words, I need to say, first of all, that we must see these words in the light of the whole of Scripture. Such a sin could not be committed by a child of God. Furthermore, the Bible clearly teaches that God's grace is unlimited and that He forgives any and every sin when repented of and confessed. There is no sin which God's grace can't reach. What then is the unforgivable sin? So we must see these words of Jesus within the context of the whole Bible. Secondly, it is crucial that we see these words within the context in which Jesus spoke them. I'll come back to this in a moment. 
There are two ways of looking at the sin of the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Some limit it to the days of Jesus. That means that no one living after Jesus could commit this sin. Now the context in which Jesus spoke these words. Jesus has just demonstrated to the crowd and to the Pharisees by performing miracles which the prophets said the Messiah would perform, that he was indeed the promised Messiah. Those miracles, Jesus has just said, were performed by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, chapter 12, 28. It is also clear that the Pharisees knew exactly what was happening. They were not speaking out of ignorance. They knew that what Jesus said and did was true. Yet, knowing better, they attributed his deeds performed by the Spirit to the devil. That was the sin of speaking against or slandering the Holy Spirit. And since they persisted in it, it was unforgivable. They made themselves unreachable. The fact that they spoke against or blasphemed Christ, the Son of Man, was forgivable. To misunderstand Jesus was understandable. After all, there were many others who claimed to be the Messiah. And after all, Jesus hadn't yet been raised. But to speak against the Spirit who was well known and that against better knowledge, and to continue and persist in it, was not forgivable. Looking at these words that way, no one now living can commit this sin. One would have to bring Jesus back. He would have to perform some deeds predicted by the prophets through the Spirit, and then that person would have to attribute those deeds to Satan, and that against better knowledge. The second way of looking at these words, and still keep within the context of the Bible, and within the context in which Jesus spoke them, is to still limit this sin to the unsaved, but not to limit it to those of Jesus' day only. Perhaps it refers to certain non-Christians in any age. A person may know about Jesus, hear the gospel, and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is confirming Jesus and the gospel, then to attribute the work of Jesus to Satan and to persist in it is not forgivable. If this view is correct, then the difference between the sin against the Son of God and the sin against the Holy Spirit is relatively incidental. The writer of Hebrews, in such chapters as chapters 6, 4 to 6, and chapter 10, 26 to 31, may refer to a similar situation. The person who willfully turns away or against the truth and who persists in it simply can't be reached. There is no other spirit. There is no other Christ and no other gospel through which forgiveness can come. So persistent rejection of the truth of Christ particularly after his resurrection, and persistent rejection of the clear confirmations of the Holy Spirit is not forgivable. 
I have a friend who claims that he has committed the unpardonable sin and that there is now no chance for him to be saved. He has crossed the line. I want to say that nothing could be further from the truth. Such a view violates the grace and the mercy of God and it violates the invitation that everyone may come to Christ and receive forgiveness from any and every sin. Only persistently rejecting confirmed truth makes a person unreachable. Anyone can change his mind and receive forgiveness at any time. That is the teaching of the whole scriptures. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me All the days, all the days of my life I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, and I shall feast at the table spread for me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, and I shall feast at the table spread for me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.